So we're going to look at a few things here. And uh, there's an element of humour here. You know, Jesus is, is talking and uh, these words are translated to us as, as plan. In, in other scriptures, they're translated as a log. Jesus is not saying that people are walking around with a plan sticking out of their face or a log sticking out of their eye. It's, it's a, a word picture and it's a ridiculous picture. It's, it's a ridiculous picture with an element of humour about it. You know, Jesus is a funny guy. Um, you know, we're seeing this morning in worshipping who he who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And, and we're worshipping God. But that doesn't mean that he's oh so serious. You know, we talk about Abba Father, we talk about Daddy Father, and when we talk about Jesus, there's, there's a person behind the deity, a person with a likeness. And, and being a Christian and worshipping, yes, it's incredibly serious, but there's a likeness in our tread because actually we're in something that has a life about it, and Jesus brings life. Um, and, and there's an element here where he's bringing serious challenge. He's bringing challenge about how we live and how we view the world and how we act. But he's doing so with life and with levity. And, and this passage starts saying, do not judge. And I just think, even in that, Jesus is being deliberately provocative because the very next sentence is, when you do judge, and there's an implication that actually we do judge. And God knows that we do judge. And in the instruction, do not judge. He knows we do. So I'm not, I'm not a massive one for, for watching the football. Um, the majority of like my football games I saw, I saw when I was in my like, teenage and early twenties. You know, I've not really been much as an adult. But but even though it's a long time ago, I still vividly remember some of my experiences of football. And I remember York City had a good chance of getting to the playoffs and going into the football league. So, you know, I'm not talking Manchester United here, I'm not talking Liverpool. My experience of football is lower division stuff. But, but I remember uh, going to York City to watch it, and my uncle was there and my cousin was there, and they were regulars. So they stood in the same place, there were people around them that like, they knew each other. And I was there with my brothers, and uh, looking out across the York City were on the attack, and then the guy goes down, and there's a, a crowd of an uproar, and they're just yelling, Pedro City! My, my uh, uncle's friends takes his glasses off, and he's offering them to the red light, and the players get up, and then the play continues, and uh, my cousin does his nuts, he's going, referee, you this, you that, the other, you can't see anything, you got it wrong! And the people I were with, with the limited vision they had, were quite happy to pass a very definitive judgment. And, and you know, if you know anything about sport, all sports fans are really judgmental and utterly convinced they are right. It's a penalty. Yeah, on the other side of the picture, the fans on the other side saying, get on, there's no way it's a penalty. Absolutely, to their core, completely sure that they have the correct judgment. But here's the thing, that football game, we couldn't see that well. 
We were some distance from the action. We were not well placed to make a judgment. We didn't know all the facts. We weren't close enough to the situation to judge. The other thing is, watching a few episodes of Match of the Day does not qualify you as an expert at the rules of the football game. But becoming a referee, going on a course, taking exams, uh, overseeing junior games, getting feedback on your refereeing practice, and being given the chance to referee the league, puts you in better standing to make judgments. I was with a group of people that couldn't really see, we weren't in a good position. We also weren't well equipped, we weren't well trained. But the most important thing is the third thing, we didn't have the authority. You know, whatever judgment we passed meant nothing. If the referee said penalty, he's in charge of the game, it is a penalty. If the referee says no penalty, he's in charge of the game, or she's in charge of the game, it's no penalty. But how many times do we, as Christians, fully understand judgment is for God, it's not for us. We're not well placed. We don't see the big picture. We have a limited view. We do not have the same level of equipping to make judgment that God does. And we definitely do not have the authority to bring or make judgment. Yet even fully understanding that, are there not times when a little bit of complacency creeps in? You know, when you come to Jesus, you understand this. I'm not good enough. That my life is blighted. My life is marred by sin. There's something in me that makes me not good enough to go to heaven. But I understand that if I make Jesus the Lord of my life, if I put my faith in Jesus, it will do away with all that within me that is not good enough. I will be made right in God's sight, and I will be spared judgment. And, and we, we make that decision, we make that commitment, fully understanding it's the grace that saves us, that His grace covers our sin, and, and in doing so, we will not face judgment. But following on from that, we find our lives begin to change. We, we begin to live differently. We become more generous. We become more tender-hearted, that word from, from this morning, from the worship. We live more righteously. Some habits, some vices we had, some ways of living we no longer take part in. And this is all good. This is all part of sanctification. Well, then complacency can creep in, and we can see the habits that we used to have that we've moved away from in others. And without consciously deciding to be judgmental, we find ourselves judging others. We find ourselves saying, well, that's not right in them, and that's not right in them, and this isn't right in them. And we can find ourselves judging others. Not because we set out to do it, but simply because we become different and we're very conscious that we've moved away from other things and when we see others in them, we can slip into 
applying judgment to the person because of the things they do. But we're not the judge. Uh, Andrew Womack just hilariously just literally put out an email yesterday for his latest newsletter, which was entitled Not Judges But Witnesses. I've just prepared what I was going to share with, with you guys this morning, and uh, I thought I needn't bother preparing. I could just read out the Andrew Womack um, email that, that comes around, because that's exactly it. We're not judges, but we are witnesses. We're not here to judge others, but we are witnesses to what we have experienced. And in doing so, that can lead others to be convicted, to recognise that they also need Jesus, to recognise that there are elements in their life that they need to change. But it's not our judgment that has brought that, it's simply our witness. So, the usual default when it comes to judging, because it says, you know, do not judge, but then Jesus can help you, but you, you are going to do it sometimes. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And, and there's, there's that saying, isn't there? I'm my, I'm my own harshest critic, or I'm tougher on myself than anyone else is. I always beat myself up about things. Um, and all those kind of lines that people say. The reality is, that's not how most people actually live their lives. Most people are easier on themselves than they are on others. If I'm late to something, I am very aware of why I'm late. Tired of this because I had to get the children ready, which I find very difficult. I don't know, you know, my wife does it day in, day out, and doesn't ever make a meal about it um, whenever I do it, and, and I shouldn't meet the deadline, I think I should get a medal. Um, if I'm late to a meeting because I've, I've over in another meeting, I'm quite forgiving of myself. Whereas if someone else is late, I'm not always as forgiving about it. Um, and, and it's Areas of our lives generally, we know our own backstory, and when we fall short, we also know why we've fallen short, and we, we tend to be more forgiving of ourselves. Yet when others disappoint us, when others fall short, when others blow it, we're not always as aware of their backstory, aware of their situation, and not always as generously hearted towards them. So then, having said, do not judge, we get into that, but you do need to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So there's that acknowledgement that we're not to judge. When we do judge, we need to remember and be conscious about the fact that the way that we judge ourselves, that's how we should judge others. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't ever have a harsher, um, level for others than we do for ourselves. And then we get into this picture, the speck of swords in someone else's eye and the plank in your own eye. So I said we're called to be witnesses, not judges. You know, we're not called to ignore that which is wrong. Um, in this little analogy, there's a tiny speck in someone's eye and a plank in your own eye. You could imagine this saying, so don't worry about the speck. It's a minor blemish, just sort yourself out, mate. You've got a plank in your eye. Well, 
that's, that's not the word picture. The picture is, sort out the plank so you can deal with the blemish and help your brother. And that's what we're called to do. We're not called to ignore that which is wrong. We're not to sit in judgment, but we're not called to ignore either. So, out of love, we are called to confrontation. We are called to call out sin. But not because we're judged it, but because we're a witness to something better. But we're, we're not called to inactivity. But, let's be clear, we're called to sort ourselves out. And we're called to sort ourselves out from the understanding that that which you have recognised and you are going to speak into, you are going to bring the word of God to, is probably a lesser deal than the stuff that's going on in your own mind. It's probably a lesser deal than the stuff that's going on in your own mind. I think, you know, as at the start, we want all churches to thrive, you know, you know that includes the, the Catholic churches, the churches of the Catholic denomination. But if we look back in the 1970s and the 1980s in the Catholic Church, there was a travesty that in this, in this uh, movement of Christians that were speaking about marriage, that were speaking about faithfulness, there was a covering up of paedophilia. There was a, a lack of using the same level of judgment, a lack of grasping the nettle, a lack of reporting that which was wrong within the house while speaking the word of God externally. And we're talking here about get the log out of your own eyes so you can see clearly to take the speck out of someone else's eye. And that doesn't just apply to, to within a community of believers supporting and encouraging each other, helping each other to grow and become more godlike. But it applies to our witness. You know, we're a church. If something's not right within our community and it doesn't line up with the things of God, we need to be honest about that and say, we've got a plank here and we need to address the plank. Because if we're called to give a word out there to say this isn't right or that isn't right, then we need to make sure that we're not applying double standards. We're not criticising those outside of the kingdom for a way of living when there are things within our community that we're not addressing. So, we sort ourselves out. We acknowledge we're not perfect and we know that there might be some planks. Neither do we need to condemn ourselves. We we stand because Jesus covers everything. And whilst we are working and we are a work in progress, we're not the finished article, we're also already perfect. And that's, that's the weird thing, isn't it, about Christians? We, we spend our lives catching up with a decision we made at some point in our lives when we said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. At that point, we became perfect. At that point, our sin was removed. Yet, as we grow and go on in life, we find that sin which is no longer held to our account, no longer something we will be judged for, is still influencing our day-to-day -day actions, 
and we're in that process where we're uh, being sanctified, we become more Christ-like. He is perfecting those who are already made perfect. And, and as we go through that process, and as different logs, different plants become uh, aware to us, go, ah, I thought I was making progress, and now I realise that this whole area of my life where I'm just being like, oh, I'm just showing a lack of generosity, a lack of humility, I'm proud in this area, I've got this vice that is still holding me back. As these things are highlighted, it's really important for us to remember, yeah, our tickets still stand, we're still going to heaven. We're dealing with something to be sanctified, to be more Christ-like. But our sin has already been removed from our account. So, so we deal with ourselves, we sort ourselves out, and we do so with the attitude of, we know we're covered by grace. We know we're covered by grace, but just because grace abounds, it doesn't mean that we let sin abound. Just because grace abounds, we can still deal with our sin. And then the spec. So it's really important that we understand here, yeah, Helping, not judging. We're helping, not judging. We're called to draw attention to the template, to draw attention to God's will, God's desire, God's standards. We're witnesses to something that is bigger than us. But that does involve confrontation. That does involve opening our mouths. That does mean we have to speak things out. And how do we do that? Now we do it when we're speaking to the world with truth, with respect, with humility. And, and when we stand, step out of truth and respect and humility, then that's where we're passing our judgments rather than simply being a witness to God's standards. I think, you know, in modern society, Things come and go, there are different challenges at different times. There's clearly a big challenge around gender right now in the UK, about how gender is decided, about gender equality, about the number of different genders. How do we speak out about that? Well, we speak out about that with truth. We don't need to dilute biblical principles, but we speak out about that with respect. The people we're speaking to and saying, the lifestyle, the decisions, the convictions you have, do not match up with what we see in the Word of God. And as Christians, that means we are not in agreement with you. But we can do that with respect. We don't need to be flippant to people. Uh, and we can do it with humility. It does make us better. This is our standpoint. And this is, this is what we believe as a group better than you, that is simply, you know, we need to be honest with you. We can't pretend we agree for the sake of political correctness. We have to say that we are different. Uh, to be truthful to what we believe and who we are as well. And then finally, this passage goes on. And I hope I've kind of like expanded what I'm seeing in it. But this passage goes on and says, Do not give to dogs what is sacred, and do not throw your pearls to pigs. 
If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and they may tear and tear you to pieces. So we're called to be witnesses, not judges. We're called to look to ourselves before we look to others. We're called to speak where appropriate to others for their good. At that point, we've done what we're called to do. We're not responsible for how people respond to that, how people react to that. But there's a line here saying, don't throw your pearls to pigs. If we think, well, okay, you know, this person has rejected my message, but I just need to go again and go again and go again, because, you know, I know, I know I'm doing the right thing, I know I'm doing the right thing. Well, you get to a stage where you either really going to annoy them, and they're just going to trample uh, everything you say under their feet, and it's just going to be pointless, or you get, you get to the point where actually the, the situation that the people you're speaking to turn around and are able to damage you. It's not yours to carry. It's, it's not yours to be responsible for. Now, we're, we're witnesses to the truth, and at times that puts us in tension with the world. And in, in speaking, we do the right thing. But at that stage, it's over to God. It's not us. You know, we're not the ones who bring people into the kingdom. We're not the ones who bring conviction. We're witnesses to the truth. And, and then it's, it's up to the hearts of people for how they respond to that and how they deal with that. So, so it's not up to us other people's responses. We're not responsible for other people's responses. And, and I believe when we become responsible for other people's uh, responses, that's when we are throwing pearls to the pigs. That's where we're doing something that is not what we're called to do and something that will not be good for us. So I've my notes, but I was going to say in summary, and I can't remember what the summary is. In summary, basically this is not for you or me to judge. We need to be really aware of who we are and then, in grace, we should speak to each other and to the world and we should speak words of life. So folks, it's, it's been a pleasure sharing with you this morning. My intention was to keep it short and sweet and to be an encouragement and an unpacking of scripture. So let's continue and actually not what's next.